you stand up for me again? I know we've been standing up all morning, sorry. I'm going to read something from Ephesians as we start right now. Um, we'll get into Christmas in a minute. But um, I am... Um, this last year, at the beginning of this year, I asked, I asked Jesus to show me what it meant not just to scratch the surface of his love for us, to go deeper into how high, how wide, how deep the measure of his love is. He has been so gentle, generous, and beautiful in revealing more and more of that to me. And even as I start saying anything else right now, I just wanted to read this from Ephesians. It's Paul's prayer for the the church in Ephesus from chapter 3 of his letter. So however you want to receive these words, just posture yourself, put yourself in a position to hear them, to receive them. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on the earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then... By constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of all that God is. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. And we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ. We offer up to God all the glorious praise. Every praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Jesus, you're worthy of it all this morning. Capture our gaze this morning again. 
capture our gaze as, as you were born at the center of the Christmas story. Grasp our attention from all of the distraction. Everything else that's going on. That we would keep our eyes fixed on you. Keep drawing us in. We love you, we worship you, we adore you. We position ourselves to hear from you right now. Beautiful Savior. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You are King. King Jesus, we love you, we adore you, we worship you. Amen. Wow. (sighs) I want to start, well, move on from there, by confessing to you a little something that maybe I've taken Christmas a little bit for granted in the past. As I approach this Christmas season, I was honestly feeling a little bit like, I can't be bothered. Like, what's the point? Like, I'm bored of it. It was actually a phrase I used to Vic one day. I was like, I'm bored of it. (laughs) Done 38 Christmases. And even to some extent, hearing the carols song and all of that, it's like, how much do we sing them out of habit and out of what just comes up on the screen? Because that's what you do at Christmas. And a couple of weeks ago, I almost felt a little correction and a nudge from Jesus in that. (laughs) A bit of a, Chris. (laughs) And it struck me as the, as Kat um, showed us the the design for the Christmas flyers for here this year. I'm just going to grab the clicker because I've got a couple of slides. John, if you could put that up, please. That picture of the manger, front and centre, at the middle of everything else. Jesus revealed to me I was bored of the traditions, I was bored of the tinsel, of the Christmas trees of the fighting about which family member we were going to go to, not that we have that very often, but all of that stuff. The decisions to be made, the chaos amidst it all. I was, I was done with that, but I would never be done with celebrating the birth of Jesus, the light of the world. I would, should never be done with remembering that Emmanuel, God is with us, was born on Christmas Day. It was such a big deal that after 400 years of not hearing much from prophets and God not speaking to his people, he sent a whole ton of angels around. He made a star that he then made fly over a manger, a a stable in Bethlehem. He told some people far, far away what was going on. He mentioned it to them. He spoke to people in dreams, to Joseph, to Mary, to 
to Elizabeth, to Zechariah. He spoke to him in the temple as he was worshipping. 400 years of very little to nothing. And yet there God is declaring, this is my son who's going to be born. And bringing into, bringing into light the words of Isaiah in the Old Testament that said, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And if you take nothing else away from this morning, please take Jesus away. Emmanuel, God with you this morning. Why was Jesus born? Why did he need to get born on that day? God was planning this from almost the very beginning. This wasn't some kind of emergency, push the red button, the flashing lights going off because I need to do something where people have wandered away from me. There was always a plan in place. And even in Genesis 3, I was listening to a a couple of talks in the last few weeks about the incarnation of Jesus. And even in Genesis 3, God tells the serpent, who is Satan, who tempts Eve to take the fruit from from the tree, And God, in that moment, after all of that's happened with Adam and Eve, says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. He's speaking to the snake, Satan. He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring, your seed, your line and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. When God there is talking to the snake, the offspring of Eve in that moment is about Jesus coming down. He will crush the head of Satan. And Satan will only get a nip on his heel. That's all he'll get. And the head of Satan will be, will be crushed. God's solution to the lies, the despair the untruths, the desperation, the famine was Jesus. Adam and Eve had been spending time with God in the garden, walking around with him. He'd created them. He breathed love and life into into Adam. I picture him kneeling down and breathing breath into his lungs for the first time and what that even looked like. as they were rooted and established in love, which is what this passage that I just read over has said. The Father's love was the foundation of all of that. And the good and perfect plan was ruined by Satan. And Jesus was the perfect solution to that plan. 
my son will become a man. The arrival of him will crush the head of Satan. And so the answer to all of that darkness is Jesus. That was what the Father's answer was. And if Jesus is the Father's answer, it's Father God's answer to every ounce of despair in this world, every ounce of darkness, I think Jesus should also be our answer to every, everything we're facing, despair, darkness and weakness in. If it's good enough for Father God, it's good enough for me. And that's his plan. And so Christmas then becomes, the birth of Jesus becomes the declaration of victory of the Son, who's come to restore all that was good, all that was intended. And he comes with the identity of Emmanuel, God is with us. It's not something that's done to us, not something that's done for us. God is with us. Now, earlier this year, as I mentioned earlier, I've been asking God to, to reveal to me the, the, where, he took, where Paul talks about the depth and the magnitude of his love. I asked God to reveal to me what that looks like, like some more, to understand that better, to to, to see what, what it looks like to delve into the, the love of Jesus to a greater level. And I'm going to show you a picture now that God gave me. And uh, I'll be honest, when God was handing out all the talents when I was knitted together in my mother's womb, uh, I got the hospitality gene, I got the, the patience and some of that stuff, drawing and create, well, creativity I got a little bit of, Drawing I did not get. <laughs> so what you're about to see is the, my best representation of what Jesus showed me. It. But it's the kindness of Jesus <laughs> that he gave me a really simple picture <laughs> that I could vaguely represent it in some way. Right. <laughs> beautiful in all its majesty in my little notebook beauty's maybe a bit strong but yeah I'm not going to be up here painting the artwork on a Saturday night church don't worry but as God showed me this and I've been sitting on this and praying about this and looking at this and it's been so helpful to me I felt God say to you I will show it, show it to people. I've shown it to a few of you, and some of you have seen it. But oh, Thank you. <laughs> As we find ourselves in the middle of the storms of life raging around us, the, the, the despair... That could be sickness, it could be hopelessness, it could be... F- hunger, it could be debt, it could be unemployment, it could be family relationship breakdown. Whatever that is for you in your life, it's so easy for us to look to ways out of it, to stare at the, the maybe the obvious bridge that's there to get us out. That's the bit at the top right hand corner, you didn't quite understand. 
It could be to stare at the, the, the little people with their voices and advice of those people. It could be to just stare at the problem itself and just fall even more into a spiral of despair and hopelessness. The the ring is the life, the storm, everything that's swirling around us. If you didn't know, that's you in the middle with the big wide eyes. Anyone, any one of us. It's me, it's me. But Jesus invites us to look at him, to open our eyes to him, to who he is, to widen our gaze on him. So look at him. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's our own. He's our solution. He is the solution. He's the Father's solution. So he should be our solution. And as Moses and Nicholas spoke about a couple of weeks ago, Jesus is our plan A. He's not the one to go to once we've exhausted every other solution. need to keep fixing our eyes on him in the middle of what we're going through. As we sung in the song we sang this morning, with all I am, I long to see your beauty. Just one glance can change my whole perspective. To see you rightly just as you are. To see you in all your glory just as you are. I missed the line off the end of the first verse there that said, I'm ready. And we've sung that this morning. I think I would ask you to consider, are you ready? In the middle of whatever you're going through this morning, whatever you've brought in, whatever's going on for you this Christmas time, are you ready to put your gaze back onto him? To choose to stare into his eyes. In talking about this, Jesus always reminds me about Peter walking on the water when Jesus is walking to him as well. And as Jesus is coming across the water, Peter, in his excitement, gets out the boat and starts walking on the water to Jesus. And it's in the moment that he takes his eyes off of Jesus that he starts sinking. He notices the rough waves all around him. He notices the, the building up of everything and the, it starts to start sinking, basically. And Jesus reaches his hand out to him and says, look at me, gaze at me. And then everything is restored. Everything is peaceful. The storm itself doesn't stop until Jesus and Peter get back in the boat. But in the middle of the storm, Jesus gives Peter his hand and walks him out of the situation. Walks him out back across the water. And that's what Jesus does to us. He reaches us down where we're at, grabs our hand and says, come with me out of this. We'll deal with the storm in a bit. (laughs) But let me help you, let me support you, let me hold your hand through this. I've had two examples of this this week that I've seen. Um, the first one, and I hope, uh, well, it's to Vic. It's to do with Vic. And I, on Monday morning, I can safely say she was 
not having the best of beginnings to the week at work. And she sent a message to me at about 6.30 in the morning. I was here for 4 to 7 and said, effectively in a bit of a place of despair to do with work. And my only response to her, and I felt a little bit trite sending it back, (laughs) was, what does it look like for you to focus on Jesus in this moment? Look at Jesus. Worship him in this moment. And so I prayed. And then later on that day, and a couple of days after that as well, her week actually got better and better. As people were making decisions that she hadn't expected to be made as quickly, there was easy access to things she needed. And it started from a point of focusing on Jesus in that moment. (laughs) She had to turn her, her head, her attention back to Jesus. And then someone else I was speaking with on, on Friday as part of 4 to 7 here had come, come into the time, the, the morning off a really rubbish day the day before where he'd been struggling with um, depression and not lacking motivation. And in that moment, I felt God say to him, worship with him. Worship, yeah, I felt God say to me to worship with him. So we stuck some music on it here. We walked around this room Praise Jesus. Thank you for all that he is. We declare that he is way maker. Promise keeper, light in the darkness. And I physically saw this guy's countenance change before me as he was worshipping. It's all about those moments. Choosing to look at Jesus. Thanking him for all he is and leaning into worship. Instead of focusing on the stuff that surrounds us, what other people are speaking into it, the potential other ways we see. Let's just focus our eyes on Jesus. It all starts with that change of perspective. And choosing. It's a choice we have to make to be thankful for where we are, what we've got, who he is. And in the Christmas story, just being thankful that God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. got a lot more to say other than that this morning but there's something I wanted us to declare together to speak truth over and to lean into those moments lead into the to Jesus in these moments and Vic and I had the had some time on a Sunday evening a few weeks ago and went to Canterbury Cathedral to to their Advent carol service and amidst some of the different ways of worship, shall we say, there was this beautiful moment that spoke to me in my heart where this, this was read out. And I want us to declare it together now.
And as we do that, so I'll ask you to stand in a moment, and as we do declare that together, I, I would love to let the Holy Spirit inspire you and lean you towards Jesus as we say these words together now. And for me, all that can happen is a sense of worship welling up in us as we focus on him. And after we've spoken these words, we're going to go back into some worship together. As we, so as we head out into the Christmas week, into the distractions that surround us, and into the, 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 the thing that easily entangles us in the middle of Christmas where we get stuck in cooking a turkey in Christmas lights, in family arguments, in all of that stuff, that we keep focusing on the baby in the manger, born on Christmas Day. Emmanuel, God is with us. And he becomes the center of all that we are. So it's going to come up on the screen. So you can stand for me, please. Or stand with me, not for me. You don't have to do anything for me. <laughs> can do it for him. Jesus, thank you. So we're going to speak these words together. It is not true that creation and the human family are doomed to destruction and loss. But this is true. God gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It is not true that we must accept inhumanity and discrimination, hunger and poverty, death and destruction. This is true. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. It is not true that violence and hatred should have the last word and that war and destruction rule forever. But this is true. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. It is not true that we are simply victims of the powers of evil who seek to rule the world. This is true. All authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance, and on every occasion, even to the end of the age. It is not true that we have to wait for those who are specially gifted, who are the prophets of the church, before we can be peacemakers. But this is true. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall have dreams. It is not true 
that our hopes for liberation of humankind, of justice, of human dignity, of peace, are not meant for this earth and for this history. This is true. The hour comes, and it is now, that the true worshippers shall worship God in spirit and in truth. So, let us enter this time in hope, even hope against hope. Let us see visions of love and peace and justice. Let us recognise and declare with humility, with joy, with faith, with courage, Jesus Christ, the life and light of the world. Amen. Come on. Let's choose to lean into him. Join me now in focusing our attention again to him. However you want to thank him, however you want to worship him now in this space. Let's step into thanksgiving and praise. Tell him that you want to cast your eyes on him again. That you want to know his love again in your situation. That you worship him, that you praise him, that you adore him, how beautiful he is. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. Thank you, Jesus, that you are beautiful. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well up inside us, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we love you. We love to stand with you, Jesus. Jesus, thank you. Nothing else but you, Jesus. Nothing else but you, Jesus. Turn your attention, your gaze to him right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you We look to you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk, where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week, and remember you're loved.